<laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Always the Last to Know. I'm Ash. I'm Katie. And uh, this week, we obviously want to start by saying that we know that shit is terrible in the world and we feel for everyone in the black community with everything that's going on right now. Um, we, we don't really want to talk about our feelings on it because that, that, that's not what, that is not what's necessary right now. So we're going to take this episode to educate you on an aspect of systemic racism because we definitely are aware that there are people out there who don't think that that shit exists when it's woo, an entire underwriting of our country. So, yeah. Yeah, it's... You um add anything? It's the entire foundation of our country, and I think that a lot of people don't realize that because of the way that we're taught about racism and how our education is framed about white supremacy. Um, but I would really like to urge everyone to stop for a second and um, think about the jokes that are often made about how white people don't have a culture to appropriate. Um, white people culture is conquer and divide. White people culture is taking something that's different from you and devaluing it to put yourself, a white person, above it. And there's a reason that other races don't appropriate that culture because we always put ourselves at the top of it. And I would really urge you guys to stop and look for a second and ask yourself, how have I personally benefited from the systemic racism in our society? And what can I do to stop that? Because white supremacy is not something that the black community should have to end. And truly it's not something that they can end. They can't convince racists that they matter. We have Mm -hmm. to convince racists that they're wrong. Yep. Because by nature of their racism, they won't listen to the black and indigenous people of color of the world. They just won't. Um, So I would really urge you guys to kind of stop and truly look at your lives. It sucks. It's a shitty thing, but you have to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, right now there are several people who have been murdered throughout the protests and we need to fight for justice for them right now. We can't let that go by the wayside. We also, um, we cannot forget about Breonna Taylor right now. No. We can't, I feel like not enough people are paying attention to that and it's a fucking tragedy what happened to her and it's something that should not have happened and please do whatever you can there are numbers online that you can call to speak to representatives to speak to people in the police departments call the fucking FBI because they're supposed to be investigating this and let your opinion be known and do what you can to help and in between all of those things ask yourself and your friends why you feel it's necessary for there to be a recording of a person's death for people to be outraged by it Mm -hmm. because quite frankly the responses i'm seeing to people asking where brianna taylor's riots where her protests 
people saying, well, there's no video. It shouldn't Who take a, a fuck? fucking video. You shouldn't yeah, have you, to physically you don't need see to it, see it. You don't need to see fucking murder porn to like, because that's what I'm going to call it. Yeah. You you don't need to see it to fucking actively fight against this bullshit. Um, it's Like, disgusting. what a weak-ass excuse. Yeah. yeah. That's a weak-ass so. excuse. And I would also, in that same thing, urge you to look inside yourself and uh, realize that you being shocked and thinking that police brutality or racism or any of this is new is a fucking privilege. Yep. This is something that people have been dealing with for hundreds of years. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, that new feeling that some people have, like, oh my god, I can't believe this. A lot of people can. Fucking believe it. Yeah. Remind remind yourself of that. That there are children who are raised with that belief. And they have been raised with that belief for generations. Uh, So I'll step off my high horse now. (laughs) Um, Actually, real quick, Katie, before we jump into today's topic, uh, why don't you let everybody know what you've been doing the past few days to try to help? Because right now there's no other um, there's no other rallies and stuff in your area right now. Um, So kind of talk about what you've been doing, because I think it's beneficial to everyone in every area. Um, so the, you know, the Black Lives Matter group in Portland had raised or organized a huge event, an eight hour event, um, the other night. And they, there have been small rallies here and there that people have been able to go to, but nothing as large as that one. Uh, so since in between all of those, I've been watching the streaming videos of various city council meetings that have been happening. Um, the other night, the police commissioner and chief of police of Portland went over the hiring process and the training process for our police department. They informed us that we have a police citizen review community committee, which I didn't fucking know. And I feel like everyone mm-hmm. in the goddamn state should know that. Um, so that <laughs> and a- also anywhere in the country, they definitely have these what? things. So check well, it out. Yeah. Uh, those are all things I think that it's funny I just... That it's hard to find yeah i i should have known that that was a thing they should have been at the protests telling people about their existence uh we get text notifications about parking bans we should be getting text notification okay but yeah if you hop onto your city's (laughs) uh website you should be able to find agendas of their streamed meetings and anything on there there's uh housing city housing committees and all that stuff it is a a whole new world that everyone should look into um, on top of uh, rereading um, How to Be Anti-Racist and Bad Feminist. Hell yeah. Um, it's not enough. I love to, that you're... It's not it's enough not to enough read it to once. just go... Yeah. And be like, check, done. I am not <laughs> racist. It's, I and need, if you need to check in with yourself every few years. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking for something to do or you're like when's the next rally and you're you're questioning black people who have had so much on their plates just i mean forever but in the past week to two weeks alone stop bugging them go out of your way to do that research yourself and figure out all these things in your community that you can be helping or you can be taking a stand against um please do that yourself take it upon yourself Asking when's the next protest um, is really asking the black community when is your emotional and physical labor something that I can rely on to take a stand with you 
And when you step back and think about that, it's like, oh, wait a second. That literally goes against everything that we're trying to achieve with Black yep. Lives Matter. So, um, everyone, just really put in the work. <laughs> like Ashley. Ashley, <clears throat> what work are you putting in right now? So, just a couple days ago, uh, my coworker reached out to me and let me know that... Uh, there is a rally going on in Princeton, New Jersey this weekend, and that the person running it was looking for volunteers. So we reached out. Uh, we actually nice. went and met with her in person at the park that it's going to be at uh, yesterday. And then we had a Zoom, me- Zoom meeting like an hour ago with the, the rest of the volunteers. And um, there's going to be... And this is not just for Black Lives Matter. Uh, This is for Black Lives Matter, for Pride, and basically overall just like a social justice peace rally. Uh Uh, We're going to have a few political figures from New Jersey come and speak. Uh, We're going to have Janelle Torres, uh, Minister of Unity Fellowship LGBT Church. Uh, We're going to have Danny Matthew for Women in Recovery. Uh, we're going to have somebody who just completed the Indian peace tour, who's going to be speaking a poet. We have the current Apollo theater DJ who has donated his time. His name is DJ Jess. Uh, we're going to have tie dye and like water activities for the kids. Ooh, Ooh, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Woo. Sorry guys. Um, and then the woman, uh, who's running it, Sharice Cottrell, she is an incredible soul and she has had to deal with a lot of issues with um the healthcare system and that's something that i actually want to talk about in relation to the black community because i think it's important to bring that up there's a lot of bullshit going on there um a lot of disparities in medical care yep and so she was denied multiple times by Princeton, the the city of Princeton, to do a march in the street. But there have been like, I think like three or four other marches run by white people there that were able to march in the streets. And she actually went to those and attended. So she saw this with her own eyes and then was denied many times. Um, And they finally let her have this in the park. And so she actually reached out to like MSNBC, Fox 5, like a few different places and they're going to be coming. So this is going to be like a really great opportunity to have just a really wonderful, peaceful rally for everyone. And across the board, marginalized communities. She also, you know, she has a graduate degree. She also, um, she works with disabled adults which I think is absolutely incredible. So right now we're actually trying to find someone who uh, signs with ALS because since we're going to broadcast it and there's going to be people from that community there, we want to try to get... ASL. Oh, sorry. ASL. My bad. <laughs> American Sign Language. Got it. Cool, 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 cool. It's cool. I did that the other day. With, uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm not good with acronyms. Also, just letting y'all know there's going to be a bunch of acronyms in this episode, and I'm sorry for it, and I might mess a couple up. So And I bad. won't know to correct them. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, 
So it's just, you know, because it's being broadcast, we want to reach as many marginalized communities as possible. Um, yeah. And she asked for somebody to host. And my coworker basically was like, Ashley does public speaking. She has a background in theater. Like, she could just do this. So I'm going to be hosting and just, like, introducing everyone. Nice. Every speaker, every performer. We're expecting it to be a really, really great day. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm super pumped. Um, yeah, so find these things in your communities, guys. Take take that step forward, you know? Dude, with social uh, media, there's literally no excuse. Yeah. There's not. <laughs> like, that's, if you're, if you're, I can't find it, you're not looking. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I guess without further ado, we should get into, uh, today's topic. Yes. Let's do it. Take a sip of my rosé apple cider. Um, (laughs) All right, guys. So this week we're going to be talking about redlining, but kind of most specifically as it relates to uh, banking and loans and such like that. Um, So I'm just going to start with the definition of redlining in case anyone listening does not know. Uh, In the U.S., redlining is the systematic denial of various services by federal government agencies, local governments, as well as the private sector, to residents of specific neighborhoods or communities, either directly or through selective raising of prices. Wow. Did that track? That did track. It it is, but I was about to say... um... For other people, can you explain that like someone's five years old? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So this might help more. Neighborhoods with high portions of minority residents are more likely to be redlined than other neighborhoods with similar household incomes. So you have the minority uh, neighborhood. They could be making... I'm just going to pick something 60 grand a year. And then you can have a neighborhood with mainly white people making the same exact household income and like the same housing age and type and other determinants of risk, um, but different racial compositions and the minority neighborhoods would be more disparaged uh, than the white neighborhoods that are literally the exact same. Yes. Yeah. I hope that that <laughs> makes that a little bit easier for everyone to understand. I'm Trust not sure me, what five-year-olds under... you know that know the word disparaged, but... Uh, <laughs> sorry. Trust Listen, as we, go, as we go through this more, it'll make more sense. <sighs> it's a lot of technical shit, so I'm sorry, everyone. I'm not the best with the technical shit, but I'm trying. <laughs> it's cool. That's I'm I'm good at the technical shit. All right, so (laughs) some of the best known examples of redlining are denial of financial services, such as banking or insurance. Other services, such as healthcare or even supermarkets, have been denied to residents. And in the case of supermarkets, and I can't remember which show it was on, it was either The Daily Show or like Last Week Tonight with John Oliver or (laughs) Patriot Act with Hasan Minhaj. One of those three literally did an episode about 
how um, a lot of marginalized neighborhoods, their supermarkets are either so underserved with what they need, what the community needs, and it's usually like a tiny little corner store, or their supermarkets are literally so far away and a lot of them might not have the um means to get to and yeah the means to like get there yeah the transportation to get there uh so they did some one of them definitely did an episode about it and it was fucking awesome the episode well i think a lot um, of people forget in terms of that is it's not necessarily getting there it's getting mm -hmm. back with all of your groceries groceries yeah especially if you have to take the bus if you don't actually have a car um i mean fuck i would not want to to take all my to carry yeah then you're only able to buy certain amounts of food and everyone knows Mm -hmm. if you buy in bulk and you're able to plan it out more then you're able to save money it's a perpetuating a cycle yep in small but many ways yes (laughs) so in the 1960s sociologist john mcknight coined the term redlining to describe the discriminatory discriminatory practice of fencing off areas where banks could avoid investments based on community demographics. So they're picking and choosing fucking neighborhoods based on the people who live there as to who they're going to give fucking investments to, which is such a dick move. Let's remind people, this is the 1960s. Yeah, this was not Heav- that fucking long ago. Heavily segregated. Mm-hmm. Heavily racist. Yep. We are talking about, I mean, we were, we just gave a brief overview of 1972 and all of the world, like the world that right, or Nixon came into. Think mm-hmm. of the civil rights movement we discussed, the political assassinations I mentioned. It's a time heavily rooted in racism, which means, as Ashley is putting it, very chill, like they're looking at people they're looking at black and brown people specifically mm-hmm. and saying, you're black and brown. I'm not going to give you money because you're not going to pay it back. And then it just sets up their businesses for failure. It's such fucking bullshit. Also, like, people can't buy homes, but we'll, we'll, we'll get, get to that. that. Okay. We'll, we'll get to the effect of that. But, like, that's where we're starting right now is that mm-hmm. belief. Yep. So in its heyday... The areas most frequently discriminated against were black inner-city neighborhoods. Example, in Atlanta in the 80s, a Pulitzer Prize-winning series of articles uh, by investigative reporter Bill Dedman showed that banks would often lend to lower-income white people, but not to middle- or upper-income people of color. Like, what the fuck? These white people have way less money than them and they're like yeah no you'll you'll definitely pay that back because i want to know the percentage of (laughs) if the fucking white people paid them back i want to know that how How many many of them actually defaulted on their their bank payments yeah like in the lower income areas that'd be a really interesting stat i mean specifically Mm -hmm. like in the 1960s when dealing with Mm -hmm. that would be really interesting to look at yeah Absolutely. All right, so I'm going to go into a little bit of the history of it. So, obviously, uh, discrimination and segregation existed in the U.S. already. 
but the specific practice of redlining began with the National Housing Act of 1934, uh, which ended up establishing the FHA, the Federal Housing Administration. The implementation of this federal policy aggravated the decay of minority inner-city neighborhoods caused by the withholding of mortgage capital and made it more difficult for communities to attract and retain families able to purchase the homes. So they were holding off on like mortgage loans for people based on the neighborhoods that they were in. So people couldn't afford to buy homes. And this starts in the 1930s. Yep, 1934. We are so close to the time period in which slavery was straight up a thing. um, (laughs) That the places that the the places that the you know black and indigenous people of color, those areas that they live, they're literally only allowed to live there. Mm-hmm. So it's really not, it's not like they have a choice to move out of those neighborhood because it's 1934 and that's where they're, that's the only place they're allowed to be. Yep. So it's something that people really need to keep in mind for like, we're, we're not talking about like, oh, like, oh, it's 19. 19- 90 and you can just move to a different neighborhood they're literally not allowed to leave that neighborhood because they're black and now they're not even given the opportunity to legally get money and advance further in life also because they're black it's yep so many punches to the fucking face it's yep i'm just gonna keep coming in and reminding people like where we're at society like as someone who studied i hope you do because i feel like it's gonna really break up some of this like monotonous fact fact giving i'm giving oh my god okay so now we're moving to 1935 the federal home loan bank board the FHLBB, <laughs> remember that because it'll come back later, asked homeowners loan corporation, the, <laughs> the HOLC, to look at 239 cities and create, and this is in quotes, residential security maps, what a thinly veiled name for that, to <laughs> indicate the level of security for real estate investments in each city surveyed. Residential security maps. We all know what the fuck you mean. In other words, where do the dangerous brown and black people live? Circle that on this map. Mm -hmm. So... That's literally what they did. So they split the cities into different groups, types A, B, C, and D. Type A, the newest areas, most desirable for lending purposes. Oh, I know, I know. It may as well just read, like, purist. Like, Jesus Christ, I'm going to vomit. (laughs) Typically affluent suburbs on outskirts of cities. Outlined in green. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Type B, considered still desirable, 
I hope that everyone can tell in my voice that in person I am doing air quotes. (laughs) Still desirable. Outlined in blue. Type C was labeled as declining. And that was out... Yeah, I fucking hate that. That was outlined in yellow. And it's like, bitch, if you fucking helped them, it wouldn't be declining. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, Type D. Considered the most risky for mortgage support. These neighborhoods tended to be older districts in the center of cities, often minority neighborhoods, and that was outlined in, guess what? Red. Uh, I feel like we all saw that coming. (laughs) So, I mean, it's just so fucked up. Uh, And I actually, and I'll put like a link to this, uh, I found a website that literally shows on a map online the different cities that have like maps made for this and you can see the exact locations and it's literally like a ring so the center of it is red and then it goes out from there with the different ring colors and it's just it's fucking insane so (laughs) urban planning historians theorize that the maps were used by private sector and public entities for years after to deny loans to people in black communities some of the red line maps were created by private organizations such as J.M. Brewer's 1934 map of Philly. And private organizations created maps designed to meet the requirements of the FHA's underwriting manual. The lenders had to consider the FHA standards if they wanted to receive the FHA insurance for their loans. So basically they had to go buy these maps because of the fucking rules that the FHA put into place. It is 100% racist from the fucking start, bro. Like every single step of the way here. Because again, (sighs) this is all based on the map that says that asked where do the black and brown scary black and brown people live tell me mm-hmm. and then oh, you're gonna fucking hate this the fha appraisal manuals instructed banks to steer clear of areas with and i quote inharmonious racial groups yep <clears throat> yep there it is uh-huh and recommended that municipalities enact racially restrictive zoning ordinances so this is literally from our government that people are saying that systematic racism doesn't exist in but oh fucking k (laughs) well because they say that that is in the past that's a thing that existed in the past and it's over and done with but as we're talking about right now a law that started in 1934 is having an insane impact on something that's happening in the 1960s and that's Mm -hmm. just 30 years i'm sure we're going to get into what came later oh yes (laughs) so where was i in my notes all right so this is when everyone and i fucking love that it's in the 70s because there's just so much like community outreach during that time so following a national housing conference in 1973 
a group of Chicago community organizations led by the Northwest Community Organization. They ended up forming the National People's Action to broaden the fight against disinvestment and mortgage redlining in neighborhoods all over the country. So this is when people really start to fight back on this shit. Um, and I just love that so much and that uh, so many people, because you'll see, uh, we'll get to this next, uh, this next part, but so many people come together to try to change this. Um, so the organization targeted the FHLBB, if you guys remember that from the beginning. <laughs> she, she told what the us fuck is to with remember, the guys. Come on. I told you to remember. Um, and they embarked on an effort to build a national coalition of urban community organizations to pass a national disclosure regulation or law that requires banks to reveal their lending patterns. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Show me what you're fucking doing, you capitalist Show me what shit. the fuck you are doing. So at the third annual housing conference in Chicago in 1974, 800 delegates representing 25 states and 35 cities attended. Which is like fucking incredible. Yeah. So you've got all these people from the coalition also, in 1974, Chicago's Metropolitan Area Housing Association, made up of reps from local organizations, succeeded in having the Illinois State Legislature pass laws mandating disclosure and outlawing redlining. Which is, like, fucking amazing. Seriously. But, since we're on the topic of Chicago... Uh, anyone who's listening, if you've listened to our gerrymandering episode, um, you'll see a very, very um, similar look there where they have Chicago in, on their gerrymandering map, uh, kind of like a pie shape, but all of the inner slices, like the inner corners of the slices are exactly where those redlined neighborhoods would be. Yes. So it literally all connects all the same. Yeah. So a study by the National Committee Reinvestment Coalition, the NCRC, which is a consumer, a consumer advocacy group. Uh, the study was released in 2018, and it shows that the vast majority of neighborhoods marked as hazardous in red ink on maps drawn by the FHOLC from earlier, uh, from 1935 to 1939, those neighborhoods are today much more likely than other areas to comprise of lower income minority residents. And that's just fucked up. So fucked up. From the up. 1930s. So if, if people, I mean, really, if you think that this shit from the past does not affect what's happening today. Oh my fucking God, open your ears. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm sorry. it's insane. I'm so frustrated. Um, <clears throat> Director of research at NCRC, Jason Richardson said, it's as if these places have been trapped in the past, locking neighborhoods into concentrated poverty, just locking them into a cycle of poverty, Yeah, which is so fucked up. 
If you want this country to be great, help everyone. Yes. Holy fuck. Oh. <laughs> Researchers compared the FHOLC maps, pretty much the most comprehensive documentation of discriminatory lending practices, to the modern-day census data to determine how much neighborhood demographics have changed in 80 years. Mm -hmm. And the findings have implications for today's political debates over housing, banking and financial regulation, as well as civil rights. Uh, the reports say policies that influence accesses to capital and credit have long-lasting effects on residential patterns, neighborhoods' economic health, and household accumulation of wealth. <clears throat> and then we have John Taylor, president and chief executive of the NCRC. Ugh, I have this fucking incredible quote from him. Home ownership is the number one method of accumulating wealth, mm -hmm. but the effect of these policies that create more hurdles for the poor is a permanent underclass that's disproportionately minority. And he goes on to say, I think that the most pe I think that most people believe the problem does not lie with the rules, but with the people. <laughs> white people. Uh, most middle class whites in America don't have the empirical ob observations of what happens in underserved neighborhoods or understand the historical treatment of poor and minority communities. Yep. That is some real ass shit right there. Open your fucking eyes and realize that just because you don't have something happen to you or you don't experience something does not mean that it is not fucking happening to other people outside of your scope of vision. More importantly, just because you're a low-income white person who's had troubles and who's had issues of um, economical uh, prejudice of people looking down on you because you're not wealthy, because, you know, the whole uh, white trash trailer mm -hmm. trash sort of connotation um keep in mind that all of the struggles that you have faced have not been amplified by the color of your skin yep so if you were living in this time period it would have been very easy for you to get alone and mm -hmm. get out of the quote-unquote white trash area rather yep. than the minorities who were never fucking given that chance because of the yep. color of the skin they were born into. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to deny that being lower income is and white, like that's still hard. Yep. But your race does not make it harder. And that is something that like you clearly hear, like it is undeniable in what Ashley just outlined. Yep. Ah. <laughs> All right, moving on. So we're going to talk about the Community Reinvestment Act of 1977. Okay. In 1977, the U.S. Congress passed the CRA, and then it was signed into law by President Jimmy Carter. What up, Jimmy? Uh, <laughs> what up, Jimmy? 
Um, this was designed to encourage commercial banks and savings associations to help meet the needs of borrowers in all segments of their communities, including low and moderate income neighborhoods, which is just fantastic. I want to talk about some of the criticisms of its effectiveness mm -hmm. um, and good and bad. Okay. So <clears throat> the former Federal Reserve chair... Ben, I fucking hope I pronounce this correctly, Bernanke? Bernanke? <laughs> yeah, sure. There's no way to know otherwise. Yep. So, has stated that an underlying assumption of the CRA, that more lending equals better outcomes for local communities, may not always be true, and he was pointing to recent problems that were in the mortgage markets. Okay. We can't affect what happens throughout the world with the markets. Cool. Yeah. However, he notes that at least in some instances, the CRA has served as a catalyst, including banks to enter underserved markets that may have been otherwise ignored. And then we have in 2005, Michael S. Barr, who is a professor at the University of Michigan Law School. He ended up writing a paper for the NYU Law Review. Uh -huh. in, which he <laughs> in which he presented evidence to demonstrate that the CRA had overcome market failures to increase access to credit for low-income, moderate-income, and minority borrowers at a relatively low cost. He contends that the CRA is justified and has resulted in progress and should be continued. Hmm. And then in 2008, at the... A Congressional Committee of Financial Services hearing on the CRA, we have Sandra L. Thompson, uh -huh. um, who is, stay with me for this title, guys. She is the Director of the Division of Supervision and Consumer Protection at the FDIC. <laughs> I can only imagine what her fucking business card looks like. Wait, say that one more time. The director, director of supervision. Of the mm -mm. No. You already missed one. The director of the Division of Supervision and Consumer Protection at the FDIC. The Division of Supervision and Consumer Protection. Okay, I'm going to need to think on that one for a little bit. Yeah, okay. So, she basically... She was, she couldn't stop talking positively about the positive impacts of the CRA. And she's quoted as saying, excuse me. My she's God. quoted as she's saying, quote, oh. burp. Um, sorry, guys. My cider is pretty bubbly. So <laughs> she quoted. Studies have pointed to an increase in lending to low and moderate income customers and minorities in the decades since the CRA's passage. Uh, and then, so a study by the Joint Center for Housing Studies at Harvard University found that data for 1993 through 2000 shows home purchase lending to low and moderate income neighborhoods grew by 94% more than any other income category. 94%. It's fucking dope. 
Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Which I love. So, like, this is definitely something that we need to make sure never gets revoked in our laws. We need to make sure yeah. that we continue to positively add to this, try to add, like, addendums to it and everything. To ensure or, there are no loopholes in which people are taking advantage of minorities with high-risk loans. Absolutely. Because, as we're about to discuss, it still fucking happens. Of course. Even with this shit. I mean, we all know that there are shady people out there taking advantage of the system for monetary purposes. So here we go. I'm going to highlight two modern day cases of redlining. Awesome. So, Not awesome. <laughs> thank you for, you know what I mean. Yep. Thank you for bringing you the information. Yes. Cool. <laughs> So, September 4th, 2015, the U.S. Justice Department announced a settlement with Hudson City Savings Bank for close to $33 million after an investigation found that the bank was avoiding doing mortgage business with Black and Latino communities between 2009 and 2013. So, the bank serviced one of the largest housing markets in the nation, covering mortgages throughout New York, New Jersey, and Philly. They went out of their way to not set up any branches in minority neighborhoods, and they now, due to this uh, settlement against them, have to provide two full service branches to non-white communities. Mm. Jesus, the fact that they would go out of their way to do that. Like... Bro, you literally are breaking the law. How about let's not? <laughs> How about let's not put more work into being actively racist? Yep. Like, wow. So they have to have two branches in those locations and then, um, you know, the $33 million settlement. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Not enough. So, <clears throat> I know. So, <laughs> in May of 2015... The U.S. Department of Housing and Development, HUD for short, uh, who, is that still being run by Ben Carson right now? I'm pretty sure he's the one in charge of that. I'm pretty sure. Pretty fucking sure. So, (sighs) I just lost my place in my notes. Hold on one second, guys. (laughs) The U.S. Department of Housing and Development announced a two- hundred million dollar settlement with associated bank over redlining in chicago and milwaukee and remember chicago has their own fucking law yeah uh, uh, outlawing that shit so you done fucked up uh the hud complaint said that the bank denied mortgage loans to black and latino applicants between 2008 and 2010 and now they also have to open new branches in predominantly black and brown communities. So those are just the two that I could find. I didn't want to like go overboard with this episode because there's so much more that we could talk about. Oh, forever. But I just, uh, yeah. So we're going to be spending a lot more time talking about the different ways that there is systemic racism in our society, in our government, um, in our healthcare system, because yeah. we really want people to see that we're not fucking making it up. 
this shit is bullshit. It's been here for a long time. It's going to continue to be here until we all do something about it. Also, while we're on this topic, if you think that your vote doesn't matter, why are they trying so hard to suppress it? Remember our gerrymandering episode, and there's even more to it, and we're going to talk about more of that in the coming future. I'm still personally debating next week between uh, environmental racism Mm -hmm. and the history of the place. Um, I have a right. I've got a lot of people um, asking me why I support to uh, aid to abolition, and Mm -hmm. uh, why I have been for a long time very passionate about defunding the police. Um, Yeah. So I yeah. So I I don't know. Those are two things that yep that will be coming up eventually because we're pretty much entirely going to be focusing on systemic racism for here from here on out. Um, pretty much I mean we'll definitely give you like we'll definitely give you like episodes here or there we still have to put out um, you know part two of Watergate uh, will come eventually yeah Watergate will come but you know he's a dick he's a racist yeah fuck Nixon he stepped down (laughs) spoiler alert Nixon did not continue being president for much longer nope thank god yeah seriously but, uh, but he did have a huge hand in a lot of systemic racism that we'll fucking get to. <laughs> that piece yep. of shit. <laughs> so, you know, we just want everyone... I know we kind of got... I definitely got a little angry at some point points during this, but we don't ever want anyone to feel ashamed that they don't know these things about our country. Because, listen, we'll get into the education part about it, too. Yeah. About how that shit is just erased from our history books. Um, and pretty much, I mean, we saw this, this quote from someone who is against Black Lives Matter. Um, they were like, history is written by the winner. And I was like, oh, wow, you're a fucking piece of shit for saying that, but you're also not fucking wrong. So let's change that. Let's, let's take this time to learn as much as we possibly can, educate ourselves, Mm -hmm. and none of us should ever feel ashamed for not knowing because the system has been working against us. Yeah. Uh, yep. And uh, on that note, we're here to break that. Uh, I would like to, before we go, just briefly touch on some cancel culture stuff. Cause that's sure. going to be oh, coming yeah. up a lot mm-hmm. um, in these conversations. Go uh, for it. Someone from the flash recently got fired. Um, for some pretty horrible things that they tweeted. And um, I posted something on Twitter earlier, but just in case you guys don't follow me on Twitter, I just wanted to read this. But you should. You should follow her. Yeah, you should. At Donuts and a Kid. I'm pretty fucking funny, I think. Um, She really is. (laughs) For anyone, but especially business owners, institutions, schools, celebrity, etc., reading this comment, I urge you to look through your own past work and tweets. Do they still represent who you are now? If not, share the fact that they don't. Share with your friends, fans, and followers the growth you've taken since those moments and urge anyone who laughs at those jokes you're currently ashamed of having made to take the same path of self-reflection and growth as you did. We will not accept your bullshit post-callout apologies. We will, however, uplift you for owning your mistakes and expressing expressing growth without the call for your cancellation. It is okay. I mean, it's not okay. 
but it is understandable if in the past you have made jokes or said or done things that you regret. We are humans. Mm-hmm. We do those things. What's not we all okay can change. Yeah. Is to pretend like you didn't do those things. Yep. And when someone says, hey, I see you did this thing. What the fuck? For you to try to erase the fact that it happened and then be like, oh, my bad, my bad. I'm so sorry. I've grown since then. You haven't. You were called out. Mm -hmm. And if you have grown since then, take a chance right now to look at all the things you've said publicly that you've grown from and make it known to everyone that you've grown from that. Because otherwise, you will get canceled right now. And truth be told, it's really the least that we could do. On John Oliver, they played this great video of a woman saying, and you guys are lucky that all black people want is equality and not revenge. Fuck yeah. And quite honestly, yeah, we are. Yep. Very lucky. Bro, I just watched that fucking episode. What a powerful ending to the episode. What a powerful woman who said that. Yeah. And God damn it, you can see the emotion in it. She's right. We broke the social contract. Yep. So who fucking gives a shit? And we'll, well, I'm sure we'll get to that. Anyway, guys, be actively anti-racist. Yep. That's all I have to say. Call yourself out. Yeah. It's important. All right. We love you all. We love everybody. Fuck. I love you, fellow human beings. Let's all be better. Yeah. Black Lives Matter. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Good night. Good night.